0: podcast world what's up Chad Belding back at you another episode of the podcast called this life ain't for everybody a lot of people ask me like what does that mean and I'm like well I don't sit here and think that my life is any better or any harder or more difficult to live than anybody and that what I do isn't for anybody that nobody else can do this what it meant is that there's so many different walks of life that make up our communities that make up this great country of america that we live in and and what you do and love and your passions might not necessarily be for me or the next guy and it's weird how it all comes into fruition my guest today makes his home in where we're at right now music city usa nashville tennessee the home of the rhyme and the home of the opry the home of music rose 16th and 17th avenue probably the hottest city in America right now in my opinion I know there's a lot of other people that are that would argue that but Nashville is the place to be and this title of this podcast was brought to you by this city my guest today is Barrett Hobbs he is a bar owner He is a businessman. He is a, I don't know if you're a serial entrepreneur, but you are an entrepreneur to the T. He comes from a very, very great family in the Tennessee area, but Barrett, welcome.
1: Thank you, Chats. Glad to be here. Glad to have you all in Nashville and all of the great Turkey Federation folks.
0: Yeah, it's been a a pretty traditional thing, huh?
1: Yeah. I don't know how many years that they've been coming here, but it... You've got to be pushing on close to a decade at this point. Or more, more than that, I'd yeah. say, and
0: we've been—we're at like twelve, I think—and uh, our run with you and your properties and Bobby Johnson is every year, which you guys open your arms and your doors to us, and we—we we get to—we get to be in the mix because of your of your places. And we're going to get to those, and the name of this podcast came from this city because a lot of country music musicians making their way up in the Honky Tonks say this life ain't for everybody. And and that life definitely is, it's one of them deals to where this city will chew you up and spit you out if you're not careful, won't it?
1: Well, and that, you know, as the weekend goes, you can kind of see people fade, you know, they're out really late last night, they'll be out late tonight. And then after day three or four, it's like, get me out of here. There's a little touch of, uh, of Las Vegas when you come to Nashville. It there really know.
0: is. They call it Nash Vegas a yeah, little bit?
1: Yeah, it's a good nickname, you know, and, and as the city's grown, um, you know, the nightlife and the music opportunities, you know, have just grown to where if you walk down any street or you're in the Opryland area, you're going to have literally dozens of opportunities to go in and visit one of our local establishments and, and hear the best music in the country.
0: I agree 100%. People are always saying, well, what does it have to offer? And it's, I love the camaraderie and the people. Welcoming, Southern, there's a lot of Southern feel here. Even though it's a melting pot, there's still a lot of Southern here. The food is amazing. You can go into any honky tonk here at any time, whether it's noon or midnight, and you're going to hear somebody that can sing. And it's not karaoke, right?
1: Right. No, and that's one thing, you know, we kind of get spoiled here in Nashville when we go on vacation and somebody says, oh, we're going to go down and hear a band or live music uh they couldn't cut their chops here in nashville and that's generally why wherever they are nothing against them everybody's got to get started but we are spoiled we have hands down the best musicians the the world's best songwriters and and we're home to some of the next uh, great artists and then the artists that everybody listens to now they're our neighbors so it's not unusual to just be drinking a beer in one of our bars and you know a major celebrity being there just listening to music yeah too. and you ain't kidding i've seen it firsthand where you're sitting there and you're like wow that voice sounds familiar and you look up there and you're like holy shit, that's,
0: that's not an impersonator <laughs> yeah, no uh, it's that's really it's really
1: blake shelton or whoever <laughs> it might be yeah, yeah i mean
0: kid rock gets up and you're like whoa that's really bobby ritchie up there singing and yeah. that doesn't happen everywhere in the country
1: no and, and nashville's kind of um you know through the years we've changed but something that us native nashvillians are real proud of is what you said earlier and and it doesn't happen by accident our entire hospitality industry really tries to be welcoming you know whether you're from international parts or you're from new york or california or idaho or mississippi we want everyone to leave and say man i had a hell of a good time in nashville and everyone was friendly Um, and then as we're getting to be more of a melting pot that's still, a. it's becoming more of a challenge because we have too many places, so we don't just have Nashvillians working at those spots anymore. But it's a, it's a conscious thing that our city does. Our uh, Convention Visitors Corporation actually has classes to teach, you know, our, our employees how to be nice and, and, and try to get them to return. So, you know, it's it's a great place to visit, hell of a place to live. And you got to be
0: consistent. I imagine, you tell me if I'm wrong, Barrett, but I don't think I've ever, and it obviously weather-relating, but there's not a lot of slow nights on Broadway anymore, is there?
1: No, you know, you have a little dip here and there. You know, our our customer base changes. You know, it goes from locals more in the winter to tourists in the summertime, and the fall is a mixed bag of professional sports fans, college fans. I mean, we've got a lot going on, whether it's the Predators or the Titans or Vanderbilt. You know, on any given weekend in the fall, you can have eight or nine concerts going on with A-list artists, Vanderbilt playing Alabama, the Titans playing somebody, and the Predators tipping off. You know, and you can get that all on a Saturday, you know, or a Sunday here in Nashville, and it it makes for a fantastic uh, place to have a business.
0: And you get, Scott, I mean, you listen to the, the different, like what you said, the people that work here now. I would venture to say that a lot of them started with a visit they're like I got to move there a lot that's how I feel
1: yeah a whole lot of employees now uh that's exactly right I kind of equate Broadway is our beach so you know my friends that are down in Florida and like at the Floribama bar and places like that folks visit there and then just don't leave in Nashville they come to our beach which is Broadway and they say I want some of this but they uh, uh you know and then they just find their home and they don't ever go yeah and i think that
0: is is from a engagement party to a, a bachelorette party to i i i've seen nights here i think i think we've counted like seven or eight different bachelorette parties in the same bar you know it's just like crazy how many people want to make nashville that place to come where vegas is still the spot of that a lot of them go to but I don't know, I mean, if you're into that nightclub deal and that, you know, that ruckus of of that live, you know, that rave music, Vegas is great. Gambling, you got Vegas. But here, it's a way different feel. It's it's a way different feel. The air is different. There's a whole different uh, atmosphere in Nashville than there is in Vegas. And I think that that's why a lot more people are making this their destination. Not to mention what you're saying is that you
1: are going to see the cream of the crop when it comes to country music. Girls want to dance, you know, and they want to feel safe. Not that Vegas doesn't have both, but you're right. The type of music and the environment, girls really aren't going to pack a casino all night long and and play blackjack. So here we've got fantastic shopping. You know, you've got lots to do besides just gamble and dance. So, and where we live. I mean, Nashville, you can be here, you know, six and a half hours. You can cover about 70% of the United States population. Um, which is pretty staggering you know uh, a two-hour plane ride on southwest and you're you're out, you're past denver you know so we're really accessible uh for the most part we're still affordable but you know and i think as you talked about the melty pot and the turkey federation that's here one of the things with country music is it kind of blends together um southern lifestyle and and it might be the food it might be the hunting it might be the fishing it might be the love of music, but when you get all those industries together, you end up with a special place, and, and we're very fortunate and appreciative to what we have.
0: And, and I think that that's the biggest thing I see down here is the appreciation of, and the attention to detail. If you, um, There's so many stories I hear. Our good friend Leith Lofton, for one, he is where he is revenue-wise and financial-wise. He's a great songwriter. He's a great performer. But he he owns houses because of his attention to detail to the service industry when he was a bartender here. He'll tell you the story that he paid attention to let, you know, people that really, you know, might not be somebody that you would think it was an 80 year old woman and Leith would make sure that she was taken care of every day. When she come into that bar, he would have a conversation with her, made her feel wanted that she meant something to him and it opened doors and that's the what nashville is is it's just opening doors right it's like everything you got you got to always think like hey i'm not going to take advantage of anybody but i'm not going to have an, an ignorant attitude or closed doors based on the fact that i don't want to talk to somebody and everybody that serves here is like very forthcoming like you know what else can we get you kind of attitude
1: well and i think that goes back to the roots of the city where we were a small town with very few tall buildings we're still kind of a small town we've just got a few more taller buildings Leaf's a great example. You never know who's going to be sitting at the bar, and and especially in this town. You'll have a guy that's working construction, a guy that's a president of the bank, you know, and then the next guy is Hank Jr.'s manager, you know. So you better pay attention to what you're doing. And our whole city's just built on networking, and um, it's, it's just a unique town. Were you sure. born here? Yeah, yeah, born and raised. My family is, I guess, my son... Um, He's 11 now and he would be fifth generation Nashville. So wow. we're, we've been here through the, through the gamut. Have you ever considered leaving? Um, you know, maybe a little bit in my early twenties, uh, as I was kind of establishing myself with the bar industry. I thought, man, I want to go do some more. Let's go somewhere else. And I thought about going out to Breckenridge uh, in the Colorado area, because I like it so much and there's outdoors and, and it's a fun, free-spirited area, Um, but then I just, even if I would have done that, I would have always kept the place here in Nashville. It's just bred into me. What about now? What are you, what are you, mid-40s now? Yeah, 46. No way you're leaving. No, no, I wouldn't mind having another place, but now my bones are getting a little older, and it might be the warm water instead of the cold mountains, (laughs) so I enjoy the Gulf of Mexico and spend a lot of time, mainly because of the music and the friends down on the uh, alabama florida line at, at the floribama it's, it's what do a, you mean friends at the floribama do you know the owners yeah yeah john mcginnis and then he's got a whole team brandon and jennifer and and uh, will you take me there someday we that's 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 a bucket list run it's the the most unique place i've ever visited in the country
0: i'm going to a country music festival there this year I don't remember what it's called, Gulf Coast Jam? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, Gulf Coast Jam. They've got a... Uh, Is that close to the floor band? Yeah, it's probably four or five miles away. So you know, do you want to go to one. that? I think we ought to book that for sure. I'm serious. Uh, I'm dead serious. We'll go down and you get to try the original Bushwhacker. I'm serious, is that a drink? Yeah, yeah. It's a. It's kind of an adult version of a milkshake.
0: Have you heard the David Lee Murphy Kenny Chesney song called the Floribama? Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. Kenny's a big fan of the place. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Buffett wrote several songs that reference the Floribama. And I just got chills thinking yeah, about what's going on in that place. It's a fantastic place. I mean, everybody from Mick Jagger to Waylon Jennings has gone through there. I mean, it's it's a it's a historic location.
0: So tell me if I'm wrong when I say this, Barrett Hobbs, is that. You own some awesome properties in Nashville.
1: Yes sir, I'm lucky You to don't be
0: able- take any, you say you're lucky. Yep. But you don't take any of that shit for granted. You no. you work your ass <clears throat> off daily to make sure that, let's name them, right now, okay, we got Whiskey Bent.
1: Right, downtown Nashville, we've got Whiskey Bent Saloon, we've got Bootleggers Inn, and we've got Dock Holidays, and we're working on a couple of other ones downtown that I can't bring up now, but we've got more to come, I think. And then in the Opryland area, we've got the Nashville Palace, the Scoreboard Bar and Grill, and then we're rebranding one of our properties that's named after my grandfather, and it's called John A's. And that was his name, John A. Hobbs. So uh, we've got a, a restaurant and a bar that's named after him. Wow, that's freaking awesome. So
0: you used to have Silver Dollar.
1: Right, right. Now, did
0: you sell that because the offer for the property was too good, or was we that didn't?
1: Good? Yeah, we didn't own the property. We had a very long-term lease, and uh, and we had an opportunity to kind of cash in on that lease, and it was a it was a good opportunity. Hindsight, you know, I don't know. You always look back and say, I might not should have done it, but you know, you do what you do at the time, and you move forward.
0: You look at the location of where the Silver Dollar was, and that was Second in Broadway. Correct. Whiskey Bent's on Broadway. Correct,
1: right on, right at Third and Broad.
0: Next door is a bar. Other sides a bar. Across the street's a bar. Boom, boom. You got Luke Bryan. You got all these going on. Right. Is there advertising that takes place, or is it just like, hey, the streets are full. Every bar is going to be full on any given night. How does the Whiskey Bent? make sure that somebody visits it when they decide to come to nashville is there a national marketing plan or how do you how do you go about saying hey we want you to come visit our establishment
1: partnerships and longevity and it's built on what we talked about earlier customer service and repeat business you know when we opened whiskey ben 11 years ago there were no cocktail bar cocktailers in the bars on broadway so if you wanted a beer and you were at a table you literally had to go to the bar to get your beer so I thought, well, if they want to get their own beer, they'll stay at home and get their own beer. So I was the first person to put cocktailers on the street. And, uh, and and I think that's what built our business. I put in clean restrooms. You know, I knew if girls would come back, if we had clean bathrooms. Well, if you've got girls, us hairy legs aren't far behind. So, um, you know, it was that was the way we started the advertising. And then from that point on, it's consistent customer service partnering with the national sports council with the music city bowl convention visitors corporation and uh and social media makes it so great now to to be able to reach out to people we try to talk to them before they get here because the street now 11 years ago there wasn't any bars around me i was by myself did you name it uh actually one of my partners came up with that but it's out of a hank jr song you know the whiskey i mean Benton it can't Hellbar. get better no nah, it's manager. it's it's a it's a you know, every once in a while, you've got to have a lot of luck and, and a good opportunity, and we had a lot of luck and we had a good opportunity, and, and Whiskey Bent's done very well. Would you agree with me
0: if I, or if if I said that Whiskey Bent is a brand more so than your other properties? Meaning that well, I've seen ten people in line
1: to buy merch there, right? To get a shirt and a koozie. It's it's the phrase. It's probably I don't know that the brand. I would say the Nashville Palace is my strongest brand. Um, but as far as a tagline and something fun on a T-shirt, whiskey bent's good. But Doc Holidays actually outsells all of our properties in merch. And now that you mention it, I would think bootleggers is a pretty strong name too. It is. It's a lot of fun. You know, um, there there are other bootleggers around the country, um, but uh, but in Nashville, it's the premier moonshine bar. That's what we're known for. Really? Yeah. And is it
0: is it distributed? moonshine or how is it homemade recipes that you guys have had in the family or how does no, that matter? i wish that was
1: the case we wouldn't have near the tax burden i know that you got
0: i know that there's a lot of, of of taxes and laws around alcohol and distribution but do you have a say in what recipes you bring in there is it just oh, yeah. What the distributors are yeah no
1: we have a say in what brands we're going to partner with and uh, and then we make our own recipes and use base moonshines and then infuse to come up with our own flavor profiles. So it's a little of both. Right there on property? Yep, right there on property. Really? Yeah, Bootlegger's does very well. It's a smaller place. I like it because it's, you know, one of the trends in Nashville are these big super bars. You know, nothing against them. We've got, you know, there's room for everyone, but you can go to Chicago and find a super bar. You can go to Vegas and find a super bar. You can't find a country music honky-tonk. I'm in the honky-tonk business. I'm not in the disco business. And there's a big difference. And I think in 50 years, you know, and there's a good Randy Travis song that talks about, you know, as long as there's a broken heart in a the jukebox, there'll always be a honky tonk. And that's the truth. In 50 years, I don't know if there'll be discos, but there'll be honky tonks. I love that. I love hearing it. And it makes me like get all, you know,
0: American that there's just something about a, a local bar the Honky Tonk, the local bar that's not, you know, the the disco that, that you talk about right now. Toby Keith sang a song about, I love this bar. Yeah. And that's the kind of places you have is like, we you have the ability to have that repeat business all the time, coming in and out of there. How important is it to your business that you book the right acts because does that have a a say in the people that are going to once they're going to come in there but does the act is that going to depend on them staying there uh, depending on the talent of somebody that's on stage
1: yeah it does and it it really even beyond that you know and and you know our mutual friend bobby johnson that's his job is to is to find the artist and give them the opportunity when my grandfather started the nashville palace back in 77 that's what the palace was it was a springboard for talent people have given my grandfather credit for years and years on discovering you know randy travis or ricky van shelton or alan jackson or lori morgan they were all our that was our house rotation for a while was alan lori ricky and randy have you match that's a hell of a lineup <laughs> and uh people don't even hardly believe it so well, I mean, before it would, you
0: go any further yeah. i want you to keep that thought is the story or the rumor true about how randy travis got on stage where somebody Was he an employee there first? Yeah,
1: yeah. actually what happened is his first wife, Lib Hatcher, um, was hired as the general manager from North Carolina to come down and run the palace. And she came down, and and Randy, she'd kind of taken him under her wing at that point, and she put him to work as a dishwasher. And then, you know, in between acts and things like that, he would get up and sing. And uh, and then it just kind of grew, and my grandfather was... uh, helpful to him in, in loaning him money to get his first, you know, albums cut and stuff like that. And uh and Randy's just a dear friend to our family. Has been since he was at the palace and uh he was real special to my grandfather and we just lost my granddad this year, but um Ricky and Randy and Alan and Lori and, and that But Ricky and Randy really were special people to us. How hard was it for you as a family to see what happened and and to take that all in? Uh, it was shocking, you know, it was almost, uh, unimaginable, you know, I mean, he had, he's always taken care of himself, you know, health wise, you know, everybody drinks some sometimes and, you know, does things that might catch up with you later. But Randy, for the most part, was always, you know, on top of that and, uh, And so for that to happen in his age you know and and he'd kind of broke free after his divorce and and um, uh, you know when you're married to your manager you know i've not been in that position but you know i don't want to say he had a thumb on him but he kind of did and i think he just broke loose and was really having a great time in life you know he would kind of gotten rededicated to new music and his old friends and his family and then that happened and We still see him and, and, you know, we pray for him every day that he'll continue to get better and he's, he has gotten better from, I mean, he was on death's door. I mean, if you read his book, which is a fantastic read, um, you know, Randy's book that he just put out about, I don't know, six months ago, you know, it talks about it. I mean, his wife, Mary now had to make the decision to, to pull the plug or not really it was at that level. So yeah, it was. So any improvement from where he was is remarkable. Most most people would have died. Um, were so, you
0: personal? Are you? I assume your personal. Oh yeah, it?
1: yeah. Him and Mary and and uh, you know the the whole group. You know we're we're close to all of them.
0: And as, as far as as far as you talk about the rotation and the talent that was going through the palace, right? Do you? think that that is going to does that happen again in Nashville today or is 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 pretty much these artists are it almost seems like they're like groomed now the where they're not just coming to Nashville and they have a job and they get discovered it's almost like they're they they know they're, they're brought here because they have a talent, or is there still that going on? And I'm playing the devil's advocate yeah. here. Are people still moving here with a dream and working their way up in the Honky Thompson, washing dishes and serving tables, and then going in songwriter rounds and becoming an artist at night? Is that still happening in oh, Nashville? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. The grind is still there, you know. Um, like you talked about with the name of your your, pro, your show, you know, this isn't for everybody, you know. So they get here, they try it. Some succeed, some don't. You know, there's guys like Chris Stapleton that played music here for decades that, you know, because of one night on the Grammys, you know, with one song, everybody thought, this guy hit it overnight. And it's like digging ditches from here to Texas, you know. You show up in Texas one day and they say, wow, you're here. Well, they don't know how many years and years it took to dig that ditch. So, yeah, to answer your question, the grind is there, the street grind. I mean, we've got guys and girls that play – you know, for us at, at eleven in the morning, and go play for somebody else at three, somebody else at six, and then wrap their night up at ten. They literally play music all day and all night, and it's a craft. You know, it's not. I mean, there's talent, certainly, but you can take people that have the same level of talent, and then take somebody that's dedicated. Um, and and I think you know one of our biggest superstars out of the you know out of Nashville. Garth Brooks is a good example of that. He's dedicated beyond everybody else. He works harder than anyone, and he's up earlier. He stays late. He shakes more hands, and that's why he is what he is today. You know, I think Garth would say there's people just as talented as him, but they don't have the dedication, and that's what separates the people that make the career and don't. Now, certainly the new Nashville money plays a part. You know, the days of like with Randy getting discovered in a bar, Those are a lot fewer and far between, but it still happens. Um, And that's Bobby's job is to use our stage to give people the opportunity to use us as a stepping stone, you know, to go on to something bigger and better. I hate to lose them sometimes when they say, oh, I got signed with my recording deal. I can't play anymore. I'm going on the road. sucks for my business, but that's what my business is there for. To give someone else an opportunity in life, you take pride in that part of your oh, business. Oh, the best part. Nothing makes you proud. Tell me the best story,
0: Barrett. Tell me where, what, 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 which one of your properties were you in? Has, has it just been like, wow, this is really happening, kind of deal? What? what give me an example of what you've witnessed um, in your career. The,
1: the the best Nashville night I've got is uh, just a few years ago. I've been I've had a bar uh, since I was 21, and I'm 46, so I've had them longer than half of my life now and hands down the best night was dean Dillon, who is oh. arguably one of the best songwriters George but in my, Strait, yeah, yeah one of, in my mind he's he's at the top of the list um he plays at the nashville palace once a year and you know the night that uh that in, in particular he really spent a lot of time talking about his growth as a songwriter and coincidentally it happened at the nashville palace and i heard stories that i'd never heard before and uh and they're they're fantastic stories if you ever get a chance anybody listening to to go see a dean Dillon show it's a it's a it's a storybook night and uh you know when i heard him talking about my grandfather and and cutting his teeth and being around the palace as an early songwriter uh, that's probably the most special night of course you know randy and and in his story and then alan jackson's always been gracious and uh, when he did his Heroes album, I think that's the name of it, if not, that's the basis of it. He sang all of his favorite songs. He could have gone anywhere in the world, and he did a worldwide live broadcast from the palace. You know that kind of Wait stuff minute, just uh, doesn't uh, happen.
0: That was the one where he did the covers.
1: Yeah, under yeah. the influence. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Good he memory. Did, he did Papa Top with Don yeah, Williams. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Papa Top Jim Ed Brown. But uh, yeah. He sang it. He which oh, okay so he, he did, did a don, charlie charlie pride was there yeah and, and he did and don did williams too he did did don and oh, jimmy buffett yeah that um, album is insane it's so a great so he album.
0: releases that album then what does he do from the palace well
1: he came and so that you always do a record release party in nashville if you're anybody but instead of just doing a record release party he did a live worldwide broadcast from the palace so he wow. could have gone anywhere and done that and he decided to go back to where he started. How um, cool is that? He's a gentleman. Now, are you a personal friend of AJ? No, not really. I mean, he knows us, and, and would know me if I had to went up and introduced myself. But uh, he certainly knew my grandfather very, very well, and and our paths have crossed some. And he's always been just uh, a, a true Southern gentleman. Man, and he he keeps going. He does. Nobody. He won't. He won't brag on himself, but he, he keeps kicking it.
0: He, he just announced his tour for 2020. I mean, he's just yeah. rocking it.
1: Yeah, he, he does really good. What is your...
0: Knowing where the state of country music now and country radio, mm-hmm. what is your personal favorite time of Nashville, knowing that you've literally owned bars for 25 years, a quarter of a century, mm-hmm. you've owned a bar in Nashville. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite era, your favorite time period of, that, of those 25 years? Because, wait a minute, let's do the math. That would have started in 95? Yeah, 95, 96. So... 21, 95, 96. ninety five ninety six. You're right there when uh, Garth was a little earlier than that. He's eighty nine yeah. ninety when he really broke, and that was Chestnut and Tracy Lawrence and, and Alan Jackson and the Hat the Hat Pack and all that. <laughs> um,
1: what? Give me your
0: favorite era. It Had to be right there. I mean, in country music, right?
1: Yeah, um, I've always kind of been an older soul, so I, I mean, I like all all eras of it. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of the bro country stuff. You know, I like a steel guitar in my music and a banjo and it kind of disappeared for a little while and everybody was singing about gravel roads and some of them had never even seen a gravel road so
0: a tailgate down yeah, and a girl dancing yeah it. yeah
1: yeah sounds good and never really happened <laughs> um but you know they've sold a hell of a lot of albums so you know i'm an old i'm an old hillbilly i guess um if i had to just pick any era i'd say when i started driving you know the early dwight Yoakum uh albums the hank oh. jr uh the randy travis storms of life album was a magical album uh probably that era so that'd how be good? around 88 89 how good is time. dwight yokum oh man you just you talking about a guy that that crosses over all genres elvis the I mean, freaking yeah I the mean, baker El- street king oh you know? yeah he's uh I mean, he's, he's a music aficionado i mean he just really appreciates every genre you know he managed heavy metal bands you know during his career uh, while he was a country music superstar so he's he's a hell of a talent
0: you remember this one that goes uh, how are we going to practice randy we ain't even got no lyrics <laughs> no, he played that prick in sling blade yeah. He was, he was so mean
1: in that movie. <laughs> he was. He took the blade to the head.
0: I've heard that sometimes I've heard that that's kind of how he's been in real life sometimes. I don't know him.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I've met him twice backstage at the Opry. and Was he nice? You know, I, I don't know that you would ever meet anybody backstage at the Opry that would be mean. Yeah. So I can't say anything but just as a fan. I would go gracious.
0: watch him live at the drop of a dime no matter where I'm at to watch Dwight Yoakam sing his 20 greatest is when you listen to his greatest hits album you're like where did this kind of music go where did where did Travis Trick go where did Chestnut go where right. did Tracy Lawrence well, that's a different story with Tracy but like all of a sudden they're just gone it was like what the frick Garth yeah. stayed around he stayed around even though he took 20 years off to raise his yep. kids or whatever yeah. he comes back and sells out every stand, but that's Garth the the other guys were as talented music wise in delivering a song and singing vocally, vocal wise, I'm just like, where, what? There's prime country, I get it. It's not prime country, it was just a couple years ago, man. It was just the 90s.
1: I, I think it's greed, to be honest, is what what caused it, the radio stations and the fast growth of country music. You know, if, if George Jones had a new album and he could only sell 250,000 copies, well that wasn't good enough for new Nashville. You know, they had to have the next new hot person that could sell two million albums, and then radio would only play the ones that sold two million albums. And so slowly Nashville, I mean, George Strait sang about it, and Alan, I think that was a duet, you know, Murder on Music Row. And, uh, you know, the, the way that Nashville radio, it's the most disappointing thing I've, I've got out of Nashville, is we make them, and we help them blow them up, and then they tear them down. And, you know, guys like John Anderson, there's not a chance in hell you're going to hear a John Anderson song you know, uh, unless you're listening to 650 or something on Sirius Radio. Oh, and how good is he swinging in yeah, Seminole? Fantastic. <laughs> you know, uh, to catch a fallen star is one of my favorites. Straight tequila night. Yeah. Down in Tennessee. I can go on and on. He's a great
0: huge one. hunter. And yep. I mean, I love that guy. I can't believe you just brought up John yeah,
1: he's Yeah, he's, he's been a friend of our families too, and a, and a fine gentleman. and Great guy. And I a, met him. Uh, Daryl Singletary. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, God rest and, his soul. Well, Another and, guy, right? Yeah, and I don't know when this will broadcast, but if you're, anybody's in Nashville on February the 29th, we we this is our second annual, uh, and I think yesterday was the anniversary, anniversary of his passing. And uh, I was a good friend of Daryl's, and he was a he was a tremendous singer and a great hunter, uh, but a better dad than anything, and a good husband. And when it happened, um, you know, I thought, what can I do? so i reached out to holly his wife and i said you know you've got the palace do what you want all the money's yours you know everything that goes Good on and and so we did it last year raised their kids a bunch of money and uh and we said let's do it again so the artists uh, that are donating their time to come back and we're doing that on uh February 29th but who, I sure miss got. him
0: who you got is Andy Griggs part of it uh yeah Andy's it. Andy's yeah.
1: doing the podcast tomorrow oh is he okay he's a Andy. great guy um uh, we changed the date but Mark Wells jumped right on board but we changed the date and we lost him uh Daryl Worley awesome. um I, I, I'd be able to know um you caught me man I, I, it's all right uh, but I'm i brain but, dead
0: but lo lo and behold they are doing they are 100 percent raising money for daryl's family to help out with
1: every beer every auction item um good for you you know mike waddell donates a lot you guys have given us stuff um you know everybody in this hunting community loved daryl and uh so the auction raises quite a bit of money and then the the ticket sales i mean literally everything but what the the tennessee department of revenue takes for taxes goes to that family well, won't you please, proud to do
0: please it. remember to to get with me i'd love to help out in all in every capacity we can with with prizes and whatever we'll donate a hunt give away whatever it is yeah,
1: yeah well that's great and, um, and he was a good guy you're talking about great music i mean daryl oh, no man. you know that's one of the problems with the tribute is nobody really wants to sing his songs because they're not no, as good as Daryl? No, you know, it's like, good God. The last so. time
0: I saw him, Barrett, we were on, we were at a, a real tree outdoors event in Georgia, and Ira Dean and him were on a boat out fifty yards on water, and they had the sound system set up on the boat, and everybody was inside the marina there, you know, right. and Daryl would light up, let her lie, and and I was just like. I don't think you can sing better than what he did. I don't think that you can get vocally more talented than what Daryl Singletary was. And then I got to sit down with them that night and talk about turkey hunting and talk about where he was headed. And then the next thing I know, I was getting a call saying Daryl passed. And I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me.
1: Yeah. Just rocked me. Unbelievable. You asked me earlier about a special Nashville night. There was one night he got through at the Opry and came over to the scoreboard, but it was about midnight. And it was before we had our big outdoor stage area and hell he just jumped up with flip flops and a t-shirt and a pair of shorts and uh joe spivey who's a hall of fame fiddle player was there and and uh red akins may have been with somebody else was with him that night i can't remember which other artist and they just sit there and played till two three four o'clock in the morning it was late we were closed we were selling beer illegally but at that point we just giving it away and I looked around, and there was four or five tourists that had hung around, and uh, and I thought, man, when you go home and you tell this story, I mean, this isn't something you just see. And they played everything, and, and it was just a great night. I I'm, I did remember a couple of other people, because I just said his name, uh, Red Akins, who is one of the best songwriters. and and just a super guy oh he's a big hunting song guy. do you remember yeah. his hit he had on the radio a while back well he had several and his son's tearing it up now so it's just uh he's a stud when he had that song on the radio back in the 90s of uh that ain't my truck yeah god that was good wasn't it he, he's he's just a talent and and a nicer guy than he is talented which says saying a lot uh ken Mellon's uh great. put out a great song you know uh junk buck uh jukebox junkie yeah um, i'm trying to think of the rest but uh but you can go to the nat anybody can go to the nashville palace just website. buy a ticket to get in uh yeah they're going fast um here i just got i just got a few more here uh mo pitney who is a fantastic Great. young talented yeah. guy we've already said andy and red edkins trip willman craig campbell ken Mellons, one of our best buddies who's a who I think is breathing some real country music back into the industry. William Michael Morgan will be there, and we're still adding some folks. Um, so uh, it's a it's a great night for a a fantastic cause. And is, does
0: Waddell come up and MC it or anything? Did he? He, he did it? last
1: year and could not have done a better job. And I wish I could remember his buddy that he brought. Had never done a live auction in his life. Is not an auctioneer. So he gets on stage and Waddell says, "Look, come up and just do it," you know, and. Neither one of them were prepared. You know, and they're bringing up auction items of three, four, five thousand dollars 5000 and higher. And so his buddy gets up there, and, and I, I wish I could remember his name now, and he just made up stuff. He would just talk about Michael like surfing naked in Hawaii. Completely made up, but he's gibber jabbering that stuff. And the guys that were close to him could hear that he was just talking gibberish, you know, and making fun of everybody on stage. Of course, the audience didn't know. And, uh, and it was a lot of fun man I thought Mike was gonna lose a kidney laughing so hard yeah I love, he is
0: so talented man. he is he's a great
1: guy and, and gave just a ton of time and, and and some great prizes and we're gonna miss him this year because he he had, he had a, a date he had to, to do something else but did uh, he really yeah he's not gonna be there have this year. have you got your MC this year um, they're, they're working on a couple of them we're, we're trying to bring maybe Bill Cody over from the Opry because he has so many uh, uh, Daryl stories and and there's always a list of characters at this thing. So there'll be a lot of fun.
0: Do you think that The future of Nashville is Broadway Does it expand bigger and bigger as it because it's growing like crazy Are you looking at different areas and trying to get ahead of the curve?
1: I think you're always it just depends on what business you want to be in if you want to be in the disco business I think Broadway is going to continue to be your place um, the, the more the buildings are down there, the more traffic that we see, the the varying of tourism, I don't know that it'll always be the plant of the best place for country music live. Um, Opryland area, because we're at the, literally in the shadow of the Grand Ole Opry, is always going to have the heartbeat of the city. I mean, that's it. I mean, the Opry, you know, Broadway 14 years ago was nothing. You know, the Grand Ole Opry's been here forever and is going to be here forever so i I think i think the city is going to continue to change nothing stays the same um there'll always be country music on broadway at this point but uh i don't I, i don't know that that's going to be the only spot for you to hear great music you know one of our places the scoreboard um you know we've got our outdoor stage area we call it the dry dock stage because it looks like a beach bar but there's no water um, we've got a group headed by Kevin Denny and LD that's called Organic Country. Oh, man, it's a great night. You know. Uh,
0: and LD was the guitarist for Randy Travis.
1: Correct. For about 15 years and, uh, or no, I'm sorry, almost 30 years, he started at the Palace as part of the Palace Band. When Randy left, he went with him. Joe Spivey's in that band uh, with, with these guys who uh, we talked about, John Anderson. You know, he, uh, he, he did the, the, the lick in Seminole Wind. That's, oh, Joe. Really? That's, That's Joe. That's Joe on the fiddle. That's him. Really? Um, you got Hoot Gibson playing bass. Uh, we've got a couple guys that rotate uh, in and out. Greg uh, Greg plays the drums, and Steve Henson, who's played with everybody's on steel. So you know, we get a lot of the Opry stars that come and just listen to them. You know, there's one night not too long ago we had uh, uh, John Barry in the audience, um, and Mark Chestnut. And then Kevin Denny's, you know, a singer-songwriter of his own right, singing. So I'm just looking around thinking, where else do you get this? You get John Barry and Mark Chestnut coming to listen to your house band. That's how good they are. So organic country's fantastic. And I think that's what you'll see. I think you'll see the better musicians off of Broadway in the future just because it's more of a... Uh, party atmosphere 18 year old 21 year old bar yeah it's just it's just different you know it's not worse it's just different yeah you know they want to hear journey and Def Leppard and one
0: side of it's pretty traditional and then you got Blake Shelton on that side on the same side but the other side seems to be more of the the big the big kind of like hey light shows and and, and triple decker bars and triple floors and you know different theme music on each floor and kind of you know that kind of it is a little
1: different you know and and it'll change again in 10 years you know what's there now you know tootsies is always going to be there it's it's a cornerstone and i hope it's always there it's important historical place to our city's uh history but you know some of these bars will come and go like they do in every city we're no different what kind of what kind of man and person is bobby johnson um, you know, anything that I can say on the radio, um, you know, right now, <laughs> I got to think of clean stories to tell about Bobby. Uh, Bobby's a great guy. I met him, shoo 20 something years ago and he was a regular. Um, he was working at Opryland and moved up here with the Nashville dream to write songs and perform and do the deal and subsidize his life by bartending. And uh, we became uh, friends over the bar on on that side, the drinking side. And uh, I offered him a job and he took it and started out bartending and then moved into assistant managing. And then when I opened Whiskey Bent, he was my general manager. And then as it grew and we added more bars, we ended up, you know, now Bobby's in charge of over probably 130 live music spots a week. And uh, so you can imagine that job juggling 130 bands per week Um, you know they're not always the most uh, organized and on time and prepared group of people and he does a fantastic job for us Uh, I've been fortunate to meet folks like yourself through Bobby he's a genuine guy and and a great friend and an asset to my company and did you do, do you see it to where the live music is
0: your staple do you have to have it
1: yeah you do to survive in that if well you know if you want to be a restaurant and just a restaurant only then no, but if you want to have full-fledged Nashville hospitality experience, we're live music, you know, that's it that's what the city's heartbeat is all of them have it
0: yeah, or they, they won't be here does John A's have it?
1: yeah, John A's has got it and Palace obviously has two different stages there, Scoreboard has it with the Dry Dock stage Bootleggers is, you know they're playing music there right now let's end it, let's end it by talking about whose freaking recipe is this hot chicken at the
0: scoreboard? <laughs> because me and Leith, Leith and I were talking last night. We're standing there and I'm like, when you hear about hot chicken in Nashville, you hear, I don't know if you get mad at me for saying this, I'll cut it out if you will, but you hear Hattie B's. Yeah. The scoreboard kicks its ass. Yeah. Like, whose recipe is that? And why isn't, why isn't it the one that everybody's like, man, you got to go, and I'm sure locally it is, but hattie b's has kind of got this like i don't know mystique or something about it but that stuff is amazing was that your grandma's recipe or what was it?
1: i wish i could claim it in the family or that we developed it we um i guess you would say we commandeered it with some cash um the 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 foundation of hot chicken in nashville started with Princes over off of dickerson road and they were on ewing and dickerson road forever and i can remember being five years old and my dad taking me over there and it's in a different part of town you know me and my dad would be the only white guy standing in line you know at this hot chicken place and so he got to know them very 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 well and we bought it and for parties and different things so we built the relationship tried to get them to franchise us years and years and years ago long story short they let go of one of their cooks that had been with them for a real long time and he ran into some hard times, and so he came to us and wanted a job, and we said, we we give you some money to train me on how to do the hot chicken. So we did. And uh, you know, it's not their exact recipe. Nobody's ever gonna do it like them. They do it in 100-year-old cast iron skillets with lard. You know, and everybody that goes there knows it's gonna take an hour to get food. In my business, they can't wait an hour. So we had to alter some of it, but it's, it's based off of the Prince's recipe and nobody in the country is better than theirs including mine but I think I'm second best and Hattie is doing a great job and they've they've made the the awareness of the product out there um, but the, the reason that they're so popular is they're in they're in very uh, dense populated areas you know they're not like princes that's way out off of Dickerson Road or we're out by Opryland you know if you stuck a princes in the middle of a Saturated neighborhood, they're going to have the same lines or longer. So Hattie's done a good job, but it was more of a McDonald's move where the real estate was right more than their chickens right, in my opinion. But they do a good job. So if I go to the scoreboard tonight, what do I order
0: besides that? I mean, I know that's going to be my entree, but is there something else that that you have a, that you hang your hat on there? You got a lot of pride yeah. We've
1: got we've got a couple of things. We do all of our own smoking products. Uh, we have our own. Uh, grills out there smokers that we do our ribs and our brisket and everything is our product so we're real proud of that obviously the hot chicken's great Uh, outside of that I've kind of had to evolve through the years and with the dry dock stage out there um, I've got direct shipments from the Gulf of Mexico so we get three shipments a week of fresh fish fresh shrimp and fresh oysters and scoreboard is actually the number one selling oyster house in middle Tennessee so that's something that I started three years ago, really? and it's exploded, yeah. On the half-shell? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. well, we do them char-grilled. We go half-shell only in the wintertime mm-hmm. and just on the weekends, but starting March 1st, I believe, the first Saturday in March, we'll start the whole run, and we'll have fried oysters, baked oysters, char-grilled oysters. So we crank a lot of oysters. Um, wow. So our, we're proud of our seafood. So if we go over there tonight and we're doing our little gig, can I
0: have somebody from the scoreboard run me over a dozen of them if I pay for it and try it? Or are you they doing it. it
1: tonight? Yeah, today's Thursday, so yeah. Really? The truck comes in on Thursday morning. Oh, I've got to try these. So we'll, we'll send you over some fresh Gulf shrimp uh, oysters. Yeah? They're out of Apalachicola, so those are the best oysters on the planet.
0: Barrett, congratulations on the success. Obviously, it's well-deserved because you're a workaholic. I I can't wait to see, when you said in the beginning that we're working on a couple new properties, I was getting all giddy because I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go to them. I love bootleggers. I love whiskey band. I spend a lot of time at the Palace, spend a lot of time at Scoreboard.
1: Um, I haven't been to John A's. I'm going to go check out your grandpa's namesake. Well, we're reopening that one right around the middle of March. So St. Middle Patrick's March. Day somewhere in there. I'll be, be back
0: in April or May. What, uh, NRA, the National Rival Association's annual convention is here. Yep. So I'll be here for that. Well, we'll definitely Me and go hang over out. there and
1: we'll, we'll try some of the hand-cut steaks. Yeah, promise? Yep, yep. See you tonight? Yes, sir. See you Saturday night? Friday night for sure, maybe Saturday.
0: Barrett Hobbs, the entrepreneur from Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, America. Check out Whiskey Bent, Bootleggers, John A's, the Nashville Palace, Scoreboard, the Hot Chicken, the Oysters. He's the man. He's a dear friend of ours and he literally rolls out the red carpet and opens his doors and arms to us all of the time for our events. We're going to be with him this Saturday at Whiskey Bent up in the VIP room looking over the bar with Mr. Brent Cobb throwing down the tubes and Leith Loft and our dear friend Anheuser-Busch and all of our partners that are involved in that. Thank you guys so much from Nashville, Tennessee, for Barrett Hobbs, I'm Chad Billing. This has been another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Tom, please hit that button. This is What You Gonna Do When The Money's All Gone by Mr. Leith Lotham. in a hole, rich hell
1: without a soul. Life on earth won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone? Say life on earth won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone?